Hello and welcome to another Sensibility Podcast. I am Amy Baker, your host, and today is a one-on-one with just me. I'm talking everything cash flow. Cash flow is king. Um, you, if you listen to my podcast, just in talking about you know who I am and a bit about my past, you would have heard that back in oh, when I started out my business in 2013, I was a single mum, and it was pretty tough to just go out on my own with no security in terms of no regular income. And anyone who has gone out on their own in, in business know that feeling of that you've really got to work hard or have a side hustle to ensure that you've, you know, got money coming in to pay the bills and in my case to feed three, three little mouths as well. Um, so just to recap, I actually did have a part-time job when I started my business. I had to because I had no income coming in whatsoever. The only way was I had to work in a cafe. I worked in a restaurant two days a week as well. And out of that, at least I knew money was coming in. And I got to really learn, uh, even though I'd, I'd for years been managing my money and I was really good at budgeting and I've taught people along the way, this was the time when I really developed a, you know, my cash flow program. It started off because I needed to know what I could work with after my bills were paid. So I looked at everything and I would put it on a spreadsheet, all my bills and everything. Um, but I really didn't want to be in a position where I was, um, you know, one week having to pay a huge electricity bill and then left with only a small amount. I really wanted everything just organized so I knew every bill was paid this pay cycle and I was left with X amount to work with and that would be for our shopping and, you know, for groceries and, you know, for kids' activities and maybe some fun on the weekend or if the kids needed clothing or whatever the case may be. So I started to set out a plan where I could automate my bills so I would contact our electricity company and I said, you know what? I am getting paid fortnightly and it's a small amount. So can we coordinate or can we work out exactly how much I am to pay each fortnight to work out my basic um, cover? So what I did was work out, we get quarterly electricity bills. So I looked at the last 12 months and I calculated an average of, you know, over a fortnight and then worked it out to be fortnightly. I did now, I've got a formula that I do this on a spreadsheet, client gives me what their quarterly bills are. I pop it in the spreadsheet and we can come up with the actual amount. And it go, it obviously will fluctuate in winter time. It might be more expensive than in summertime, but if you're paying that consistently, you'll end up paying ahead and you'll end up getting rewarded. And that's what I found awesome. So especially when, you, you know, at that time in my life when things were pretty tight. So to get a, you know, a, extra discount because you were paying your bill on time. In fact, ahead of time, uh, was it a win-win for me? And it gave me, you know, it became sort of more of the game and more fun to do. So yes, paying my bills on time was imperative. It was lots of fun. I would schedule the payments. I did not want them to direct debit me. That's a really important thing. So my bank, I would set up that I would schedule. So if money wasn't going to come in, say, for example, 
the kids were sick or someone was sick and I couldn't work that week. And I was in hospitality as well as running the business. I may not have been paid a certain amount that fortnight. I would then go and put something on hold. I would have to go into my scheduled payments and go, I'm not going to get X amount this month, this fortnight or week. I think it was fortnight back then. So I would have to do my numbers and go, I, I will have to sacrifice this and this. But then I just add an extra part payment the following fortnight. It's really important to be on top of this stuff. So that was the first thing. I would focus first and foremost, and this is what I tell all my clients, you have fixed expenses. That, that's really money that isn't yours. You've committed when you pay rent, you've committed to pay someone to be in that property or when you're paying a mortgage, you've committed to the bank that you are paying them back. That's a fixed expense. Your electricity, you've committed to an agreement that you're using the electricity provided by that company. So you pay them as well. Same with your telephone, same with your internet, same with your Foxtel or, you know, whatever Netflix, whatever entertainment arrangement you're in, same as your gym, uh, private health insurance, um, say you, you pay your income protection outside of super, that's another one. All of those things are your fixed expenses. So the first thing you do when you get paid is you pay what you owe, you pay that. So you can then pay yourself. If you don't know what you're paying yourself, um, you're in trouble. So knowing what you owe first allows you to pay yourself. A lot of people who talk about budgets say, pay yourself first. Well, that's all good and well if you know what that amount is. What, what is that net value? Well, I can tell you your net value is your, your income less your expenses equals your net value. That money is what you can play with. So I would schedule everything to come out the day I got paid. So if it was a Thursday, on Thursday, every bill everything like your electricity, phone, all of that got paid first. Then I would transfer a certain amount from my pay to pay me. And that money would be things for, you know, it might be that I'm going out with my girlfriends on the weekend or um, I want to go get my nails done. I don't know what it was back then. But, um, and to this day, I, I now it's more about going get my nails done once a month. Um, I go out with my husband, so we actually have our date night and we have our, you know, going out money. Um, and then there's money for the kids. So that's another thing. So I break it up really simple and everyone's different. So I actually create this money program for my clients based on their lifestyle and what's, their, what's important to them and their values. Really important to understand what your values are. You will stick to these kinds of programs so much better, easier. It won't be, it wouldn't feel hard. It would be effortless when it's in line with your values. Your values need to be in line with your goals. You will achieve those goals. Those goals need to be done to um, set so that you create habits. I've saw, I saw uh, an article the other day saying goals versus habits. Well, they're one in the same if you get that right. Get the goal first, create habits to make the goal happen. So this is really what we're doing. We are creating habits with our banking to make the goals happen. So first step, set your scheduled payments with all your fixed expenses. Second step, work out your lifestyle goals. Do you want to have some put away for savings? Or what are you saving for? When are you going to get there? Have we, are you saving for, to invest? 
I would love to hear that. Yes, of course. Are we saving for our, our retirement as well? Are we contributing to our retirement savings through superannuation? Are we salary sacrificing? All of these things we can incorporate into a money pa- um, a cash flow plan. So the first step, fixed. I'm going to repeat myself, but that's how we you know, really get it through. Fixed expenses. Second, pay yourself. A certain amount that's going that you can do use on the weekend or just play money. Another one would be, um, you know, maybe a date night or, you know, your savings, your savings goal. I usually suggest, depending on the client, if it's just someone, a single person, maybe three accounts. So if you've got a mortgage, everything goes into that offset account. You pay your bills through the offset account. Then you transfer across money to yourself that you can play with. and, And then there's money over to your savings. Now the play with also, you've got to consider your variables. Sorry, I missed a step. Your variables are things like groceries. So work out an average of how much you want to spend each week or fortnight on groceries. And I actually am starting to do this with meal planning during our holidays. Just recently, we'd moved house. Um, my pantry was in absolute disarray. It was insane. Like I could not find anything. I was still find unpacking boxes, finding plates. Um, I couldn't find half of our um, china. It was an absolute debacle, this move. Um, it was probably the worst move I've ever had. So it took a couple of months for some level of organisation to come into our, our home. But with that, the disorder cre- sort of crept over in terms of um, eating. So when we got our, you know, we for points are in a, a system where we actually have a card and that card pays all our variables and we pay that back every year, every month, sorry. And this month was blown out of control to the point where I was like scratching my head going, how the hell did we get here? And it was really simple. It was because we were not organised. We were not organised with um, our meals and with three teenage boys and a baby and two adults that have crazy busy lives, there was Uber Eats and takeaway and and shopping, grocery shopping um, almost every couple of days without any planning in regards to meals. Now, I don't expect you you to go Martha Stewart on me. No, I don't. You know, we're not doing the whole crazy budgeting way of managing your money for your groceries. I'm not expecting you to do that. What I'm saying is just be mindful, plan ahead, have a look at the past, have a look at how much you've spent. Now, how I do that with my clients is I get them to give me 90 days in a spreadsheet. So you can actually export your statements into a spreadsheet and send that to your advice, you know, whoever, someone like myself, or you look at it yourself. And then I categorize what that looks like. And I can actually work out on average over 90 days, how much is spent at the supermarket, how much is spent at takeaway, how much is spent in a restaurant, how much is spent on all of the um, all of your bills, all your fixed and variables? So that's a, another key thing: is work out what your variables are. Um, and th- there's two ways of doing it. One by looking at the historical data. Now that is my best way, my favorite way, and most accurate way. I believe you could sit there and go, okay. Um, these are the meals we're going to go shop and that's sort of how we're going to live going forward. But life gets in the way and sort of setting a budget like that can be a bit tricky and it can be restrictive. So my advice is go back to the last 90 days and work out your average spend 
because and and if you think that that is then a, a bit too on the high side, then maybe you look at working on tightening things up. Okay, maybe that's where you look at the um, meal planning a bit more, um, or going. You know what? We don't need Uber Eats this weekend. We might just actually um, do for, you know a big cook off with everyone on on Sunday, or we have a a potluck with all our mates and bring every, everyone brings a, a dish over and we can all eat together. Things like that are great, fun ways of being frugal. Um, I remember my mum once said to me when I was, when I was a single mum, well, I've got a recipe book on hundred ways with mints. And I was like, Oh my God, I couldn't think of anything worse. No, mum, I do not want to work with mints every single night of my life. First, I don't think that's going to be great for my cholesterol levels. And secondly, um, boring. I don't want the same kind of, I'm not a big meat eater anyway. Um, So you've got to work out what's right for you. And as I've said earlier, working out your values and your goals really will help define what that is. You might go, I really, really like being healthy. I really like having organic food. And yeah, that's a more expensive method, um, you know, of of grocery shopping and, and eating, but it helps me in other ways. And, you know, you've got to look at the ramifications of that. Being healthy means that you're probably going to be spending less on medical um, or, and prescriptive drugs and whatnot. So, you know, they've got to see the offset in all of that kind of thing as well. So let's recap. Find your fixed, know your variables, pay yourself and save. So I mentioned that I recommend three types of banking. So having your offset, having an everyday bank account, which is sort of, you know, where you can use a tap and go. So that's where you have your groceries and, you know, your, your stuff that you need every week that's going to change your petrol. Um, you may have sort of your Uber account linked there because you're not going to Uber all the time, but maybe once on the weekend you're going out and you're having a few wines. Hey, that, that's going to go on your variable. It's not a fixed cost. And then paying yourself can be your savings account that saves for what? Saves for whatever is important to you. So, you know, I have then another little few tricks up my sleeve. I use um, a roundup method called raise and that way money gets invested. And then I also have another one where I've got my savings and that goes into my suit, my trading account where then I invest money. So my savings doesn't just sit earning zero interest and even term deposits. I think at right now in this current economic climate are sitting at about 0.55%, which is nothing. You really want your money working for you. Now that's another segment altogether, but um, just keeping in mind that if you are saving, where is your savings going and how is it going to work for you? So maybe save to invest, save to you get, say, you know, um, $1,000 and then put that into a trading account. Um, I believe that is one of um, Canna Campbell's and Sugar Mama's concepts. And I love that idea. Save to invest, save to, and, and, and set some real honest goals with yourself. Um, we all love to achieve things. I mean, we're, we're sort of all driven in some way. Something's got to drive you. Find it. Find it and work with it. Um, reward yourself as well. If you've hit a goal and mine is, you know, when I hit a goal, then it's okay, I can go and buy that dress. I can buy that bag. I can, you know, have those shoes or whatever the case may be. I might just, you know, that's the night that I'm going to take the boys out with my boys. We're going to have a mum and boys date night kind of thing. 
whatever it is, I have my, you know, little things that those little celebrations going, woohoo, I've just kicked that goal. Now it's time to enjoy it. So I pull a little bit out for me and the rest goes away into investment land where it can work harder. So let me talk a bit about the raise because I just skimmed over that and we started talking about invest, saving to invest. So raise is a way of rounding up. Say I buy a coffee, it's a latte and it's $4.50 because I like soy milk. Um, I've set raise to say if I spend something rounded up to the nearest dollar, so 50 cents will go to my raise account. I also, when I pay myself, so I've got my scheduled payments, then I transfer money over to the variable account, transfer money over to my savings account. I also have it going to raise. That's also another account that's getting, which is somewhere that I can't see. And the great thing is raise sends me a little trophy when I've hit 500 and, you know, when first hundred, then it goes to 200 and it goes up and up and up every time you hit some kind of milestone, you get this little reward in your inbox on your emails going, woohoo, well done. So I use raise as one of my little tricks of sort of setting in the background, my money working for me every time I tap and go. It's every time I'm at Woolworths, raise occurs. Every time I transfer money to pay someone, raise occurs if it's a small amount. So that's a really fun way of, of making your money work for you and knowing that you are sort of compounding in some way and growing your wealth. And then the second is saving to invest. So saving up to say 500 or $1,000 and then putting that into an investment strategy. Now I am a massive advocate for financial advice. Um, if it's not me that you're seeing for financial planning and financial advice, then that's okay. It's a very personal relationship that you should have with your advisor. You need to really, they need to understand you and your goals and objectives, and you need to um, be really comfortable with the advice they're giving you. So I would be, if you are looking to invest, I certainly would be looking at seeking advice. However, there are other amazing um businesses out there, robo-advice sort of um, businesses, such as Stockpot and which advisors can work with. So I'm, I'm linked in with Stockpot and clients that want to do it themselves. They've got a, they don't want to, you know, they come to me with just a really simple ad hoc sort of piece of advice, like maybe cash flow modeling, or they may want to come and see me with the, um, the money coaching and then they're going to take it on their own. That's great. Go in, enter that, put me down as the advisor so that if you do come back to me, we can actually see where you're going with your goals and, and you know, we can celebrate those wins when we do a review. Um, other things that we do, you know, advisors will create a financial plan with a model portfolio or managed accounts. So there are other options when it comes to investing. Um, then there are people who just really want to do their own research. So places like Motley Fool, um, Morningstar, uh, Motley Fool will require that that's sort of like a membership thing where they give you, they recommend um, sort of shares and stock or ETFs that you could invest in. Um, but they do actually, they're, they're set at membership. Um, otherwise go to Morningstar or the Australian Stock Exchange, ASX, and on that, on the Australian Stock Exchange, you actually can do a practice, create a practice account and do go through um, a learning how to buy and sell shares and whatnot. So if you're doing it yourself, my advice would be do a lot of research, diversify, don't put all your eggs in one basket, make sure that um, you are in a, sort of multiple asset classes 
um, and that you've got some conservative assets as long as well as growth. Again, if this is sounding a bit overwhelming or too much for you, I would suggest go and speak to an advisor. Um, you can reach out to me. Um, I do have uh, on my, you can actually on my website, select to do a initial free consult. And thereafter we do, we book you in. So the free consult's only 15 minutes, it's just quick, what do you need? And then I can give you direction on what kind of um, appointment we will go for from there, after, there on after. So let's recap on the Cashflow King podcast. Always know what your fixed expenses are. The best way to do that is go through your statements in 90 days, turn that into a spreadsheet, then do a sort, work out what is um, going in and out of your account. So when you sort, you can sort from the actual column that the money's going to. For example, you'll see Woolworths and Caltex and Coles and, you know, Zara. You see all sorts of things, Telstra. Um, and then you can actually work out, well, that some banks will even actually categorise for you. Um, and that's helped. Sometimes they get a little wrong, but it gives you some idea. And then you can then start working out. Then you break it down and you can actually turn what, what you pay in 90 days into dividing that into, you know, weekly, monthly, fortnightly. And that gives you a real clear idea of what you need to be um, keeping in that fixed account. So that is set for all of your direct debits that go out on the day you get paid. If you've got an offset account, that's where it is. Otherwise, it's your main savings account that you, your wages or, you know, your commissions, whatever you, however you're earning goes into. Then you have your amount set for variables and you're paying yourself. Always pay yourself. Reward yourself. You've earned that money. It's for you to enjoy. Money is something you must enjoy. Otherwise, what are you doing working so hard for it? It shouldn't be such a burden. You should be enjoying it. And money shouldn't be something you work really hard for. It's something that you should be enjoying earning as well. Okay. So if you're in a job where you're frustrated and this is where the money coaching stuff comes in and you're really unhappy where you are, you'll find earning money so much more pleasurable when you actually enjoy what you do. So maybe at that point, you've got to really think about, again, your values, your core values and your goals, where you really want to be, where you really want to work, how you really want to earn. This is all very important in the money game. For us to really enjoy our money, we've got to enjoy earning it. And then we've got to enjoy spending it. And don't feel frustrated and angry every time you pay that bill. You should be grateful that you've got the money to pay the bill. You've got the bill because you've got the roof over your head. You've got the bill because you've got the electricity going. You've got the Netflix happening. You've got, you know, money that you're spending at a supermarket. How amazing that is. Be grateful for that. Have joy when you're spending it because more will keep coming in. Money is a bit like the ocean. It just keeps going. It's infinite. So long as you've got that concept in your back of your mind, knowing that it's always, you're going to be fine, get a really clear process in place, have that mindset going right, and everything will start falling in rhythm. And when that happens, it is such a game changer. I hope this information has been helpful to you. Thank you again for listening. Don't hesitate to reach out to me. Everything should be in the, um, the show notes. Um, feel free to log in and do my money quiz. Uh, reach out to me, ask questions. And if it's not me you're looking for in terms of advice, by all means, go to other advisors. I am a massive advocate for advice. 
it's really important that we get our finances right. I believe it's part of our wellness will because if you are stressed about money, everything else starts falling over. So get that right. And I can tell you so many other parts of your life will fall into place. Thank you again. Have a wonderful day and a happy Chinese New Year. <laughs> 